Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And welcome into the show, the North Shore Fishing Report. We're at Gus's Tackling Nets this morning. It's their eighth annual outdoor sale, and, well, let's face it, right here is the place to be if you want to find deals on rods, uh, reels, lures. All the sales reps are here. If you have any questions about products you're interested in, come on by and say hi to us this morning. Uh, We'll be here bringing you the North Shore Fishing Report for the next two hours, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock. We'll be going a uh, special two-hour North Shore Fishing Report this morning. It's g- good thing because, uh, look, we got a jam-packed show here. Uh, everything's biting. seems the bass, the sockele, the trout, the redfish. We've got a lot to get to this morning. Uh, first hour, we're going to be checking in with Captain Andy Jones of Wicked Charters. Captain Andy's finally able to catch some speckled trout in Lake Pontchartrain, so we're going to check in with him for a report on the lake this morning. Also, we're going to be talking bass fishing and, and tournament fishing. Covington angler uh, Jason Pittman's going to join us and try to give us a game plan as far as catching a few bass with the cold fronts coming through. Uh, we're seeing these cold fronts sweep through, and well, it's a whole new ball game as far as bass fishing goes. Uh, time to get out, of, you know, get out of that summertime pattern and change your approach when uh, targeting bass. Jason's also going to fill us in uh, with the results from the Florida Parish Bass Anglers Classic they held um, recently. Uh, in closing out the 7 o'clock hour, we're going to talk a little sockele fishing. The trifecta, huh? Speckled trout, bass, and, and sockele all in one hour. Ray Miller's, uh, he's the sockele killer, and he's going to join us, and we're going to try to fish out of these, uh, figure these fish out. So uh, tough to, tough fish to figure out, sockele. And uh, with these temperature changes and the cold fronts coming through, that doesn't make it any easier. So Ray's going to join us and give us the magic equation uh, that we could you know, fill out and learn how to how to catch these crappie in the fall. <laughs> I wish there was a magic equation, huh? Put it in a book and sell a million copies. So a jam-packed hour to get to here. Uh, second hour, we're going to be talking with Chris Basie. Chris is the tournament director for Bass Assassin's Tournament here on the North Shore and is an avid bass angler, so we'll check in with him. We'll see what Chris is doing uh, to change up his routine this month with the colder weather here. Also, we're going to talk speckled trout fishing. James Hall and Lauren Baker, they've been uh, fishing the Trestles train bridge that connects the North Shore to the South Shore. The the Trestles is famous for those uh, World Series trout around this time. So we'll see if the big trout are there or not. Um, Also, we're going to talk with Wayne Bordelon. He's going to join us, talk about his trip to the northern shoreline of Lake Pontchartrain. Wayne caught a limit of trout along that shoreline and Yep, that shoreline is hot right now. Uh, I made a trip with Forest Green. We did really well uh, just past Flat Point Canal, uh, back, all the way back to Bayou Lacombe, jigging plastic on the bottom. 
Uh, we were targeting schools of mullet. Seems like uh, the mullet were holding close to that eelgrass, those eelgrass pads. Uh, if you're, fam you're familiar with the shoreline, it's it's kind of a sandy bottom, and every few feet there's a new patch of grass, and it may span 20 to, to 30 feet in diameter. And those mullet get in there, and it seems like the speckled trout were right in there with them to uh, to sum up our trip, if you weren't feeling any bait scraping across your line, you weren't catching any fish. So uh, it was all about the bait on my trip with Mr. Green. Uh, we were able to get some footage from that trip as well. So if you want to check that out, it's on the video on the front page of NorthShoreFishingReport.com. Just catch, uh, check out the catch cam on the front page and, and see how our trip turned out that day. So lots to get to this morning. Uh, if you're in Slidell, come swing by and take a look at some fantastic deals Gus has going on here. It's the 8th Annual Outdoor Sale. Coming up, it's going to be Captain Andy Jones of Wicked Charters. We're going to talk Lake Pontchartrain with Andy. You're listening to the North Shore Fishing Report on More Outdoors, 105.3 HD2, or streaming live at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. Be right back. All right, welcome back to the show, the North Shore Fishing Report. We're at Gus's Tackling Nets off of Old Spanish Trail in Slidell. No better place to be talking North Shore fishing than Gus's Tackle. Come on by and see us. Uh, we've got the North Shore Fishing Report gang here. Cajun Ray Miller, the Soccer Lake Killers here. I see Chris Basie over there. Uh, Jason Pittman's on his way. Forrest Green here. Sam Coco Jr. Hey, Sam, what's going on, man? We're going on. Uh, we're going to be going till nine o'clock this morning, talking all about fishing on the North Shore. And look, we got a lot to talk about. October and November, are some of the best months to fish uh, on the North Shore. The speckled trout bite is is hot. The, the specks are in the lake. The bass fishing's hot right now. Uh, not to mention sockeye bite. The the rivers uh, cleaned up now. We don't know what's going to happen with with all this rain that just came overnight and yesterday, but. Uh, those rivers were in good shape, so we're going to have to check in with Ray and get his opinion on that. Uh, you know, this is a normal thing. Uh, we, we question whether or not the lake, uh, you know, these, these fronts coming through, we, we look at the rivers and, and we just, you know, uh, the cold fronts, they, they throw a wrench in, in, in things sometimes. So it's just one thing that we gotta we got to overcome. But uh, it's kind of rare to see a, a cold front run up, run up against a uh, tropical storm, huh? But <laughs> you never know what to expect uh, in south Louisiana. So um, also we're going to talk with Mr. Green. Uh, we had a great trip with, with Mr. Green. We found uh, speckled trout and redfish huddled up in those bait fish. So we're going to get to talk to Mr. Green and uh, – uh, talk a little bit about that. Like I said, if you want to see that video, go to NorthShoreFishingReport.com. Had a good video with, with uh, Mr. Green. Also going to talk speckled trout with Captain Andy Jones. And Andy is with me right now. So let's get to Andy. Andy, I usually ask you if we're fishing. If you're fishing out right now, I uh, take it you're not fishing. Uh, we are we are live with you here this morning, Keith and Gus's, and uh, I guess we couldn't have picked a more perfect day to be inside. <laughs> I tell you what, yeah, no excuse not to come out here today. Looks like the rain has stopped, uh, that, and that cold front's coming through. We're gonna have some beautiful weather coming up, huh? Yeah, you're right. I mean, it looks good. It's gonna get better. Uh, yeah, grab a, grab a cup of coffee. Come on down. Talk some fishing. Get some fishing gear. It's a perfect day for it. 
Well, Andy, while I was talking just now, you know, these remote broadcasts, you never know what to expect. I'm talking. I got a, a dog sticks his head and starts <laughs> licking my paper here. So he's throw, throwing me all off here. <laughs> but like Don says, when you're on live radio, uh, <laughs> nothing's out of, out of the realm of it, it doesn't get any better than having a couple of dogs running around under your feet while you're doing the show, though. Let me tell you what. Did not expect the dog to come come right up here. Andy, man, I don't know where to get started. Speckle trout, the redfish, the sheep said we're seeing. Uh, flounder's back, so let's get started here. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing um, out in the lake. Well, it's been... Uh it's been exciting because we had such a drought this summer. It was so tough for a lot of folks. And, and uh, to see these fish start moving back in, a couple of weeks ago we started working the shorelines over, you know, between uh, Lacombe and Bonifuca over there like you guys did with Mr. Green the other day. And we started seeing a few fish there, you know, a couple of weeks ago. It wasn't weren't smashing them, but we thought, man, this is great. And yeah, there's some trout coming in. The redfish were phenomenal as they've been all season long. Uh, but it was really exciting to see that that first speckled trout that came over the rail. I mean, you could have pushed you could have pushed me off the boat with a feather. And uh, the comment was made that that was on the most wanted poster somewhere, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, it was great to see it. Especially here on the North Shore. I mean, man, what a uh, brutal yeah. summer. We, it was we, it was brutal, long here. summer for sure. So good to see the speckled trout. Um, well, give us give us uh, now around this time. Are you still trolling, or is that a springtime thing for We're you? We're getting ready to come into trolling season. I've made a couple of probes out there already, just taking a look. I go to the very west end. You know, I like that causeway. Uh, I've taken a couple drags out there already early. Um, we've had some uh, some fishing rodeos for some young kids, so that kind of took up a little bit of time. And then some of our trips we've been running out of Catherine and those areas. So. I haven't spent as much time, but this week looks good for it, and we're going to get out there and uh, see if we can start smacking them. Uh, Andy, the northern shoreline of Lake Pontchartrain, um, are you seeing what I explained that, you know, happened with me and Mr. Green as far as, man, those those thick packs of mullet, finding the, the speckled trout inside the mullet? It was great to see that happen this year. You know, last year was kind of didn't really get it as well, and it was good to see it come back. That's a typical run for us over here on the north shore, and you get those big rafts of mullet, got the trout hanging underneath them. Great top water action or, or throwing your plastics like you guys were doing. And, yeah, we started seeing that, and uh, really exciting to see that come come back this year. And do you have a fish with a cork? Yep, we do some cork fishing for sure. I, I typically don't throw a cork a lot when I'm fishing by myself, but with my customers, I use them all the time. Yeah. Especially, you know, we we didn't go over to a cork, but with that eelgrass on the bottom, I was I was thinking, man, if I had a cork right now to have that bait yeah. suspended over that yeah. eelgrass because yeah. we were really struggling with that eel, eelgrass. But, um, you know, everything's there for a reason, and I got to think those fish were in there because of that eelgrass. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yep, you know, cork fishing's great, and we've got some great manufacturers of uh, corks around here, so uh, good quality cork will do you great in those areas. What about... The dreaded causeway. Anything with the causeway happening. So we had one drag out there. I uh, did about three miles, just looking, checking the water. Didn't mark a ton. I think I had some schools of catfish. It looked like uh, I did fish it uh, a little bit with the, on a rodeo. 
caught a redfish, sheephead, and it was pretty slow between bites, so we moved off and uh, ran towards Slidell. What the water look like over there? It was, it's been beautiful. Yeah. The water has been, we've had that east wind, you get that east wind pushing all that out, and went, man, what a, what a difference that's made those few days of, you know, a good week or two of that east wind, and that water cleared up, unbelievable. Incredible how that lake is. Imp- has, it's has, unbelievable. Yep. Um, blue cats. We've been seeing an influx of blue cats yearly, incrementally. This year seems to be the best, and it's only going to get better as far as this, the winter comes. So, it seems like we see them more and more in the lake. Absolute beautiful uh, catfish, anywhere from two to five pounds. Um, and the numbers are good. I mean, they're, they're competing with the uh, hardhead, so a lot of people will be excited about that. You know, to get the blue coming over the rail, you know, yeah, something, something people can, can put keep. in the box. Do yeah. customers keep those typically? Uh, they do. Uh, most of my customers love them. I love them. Yeah. Um, the people on our boat, yeah, we, we really enjoy blue cat. It's phenomenal. Absolutely. Uh, catching any flounder? We are. You know, like everybody else, we're starting to see some flounder come back, and what a what a blessing that is after really a, what, four, five, yeah. six-year hiatus, really? Yeah. Uh, it seems like they've been gone forever. Um, to see those guys coming over the rail, and some nice-sized flounder, too, really decent. Uh, very, you know, really excited to see that. Yeah. Um, now we had reports of the shrimp and uh, it was a shrimp invasion actually like a month ago and it seems like the shrimp had, had died off a little bit popping on the surface is that typical or is that is that you know it's kind of it's it really depends on when you're out there it seems like to me there's still you still see little pockets of it it really they did come in real hard yeah and came everything lit up of course when you got that kind of shrimp movement coming in the baits and pouring in um, Still some spotty reports of guys finding them, catching them. Uh, but, yeah, definitely tapered off a little bit, not as consistent. And of course, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the, the fishing for the trout in areas, too. Yeah. Um, Andy, bait fish, I tell you what, uh, it's all about the bait fish as far as I'm concerned. And I say bait fish, but the, the specks we were, we were catching were in the big mullet. And uh, I don't know what the what the correlation was with these speckled trout to these bait fish. I talked to Wayne Bordelon, and he says he's, he was catching them, the speckled trout, only outside of the, that mullet school. So I don't know if they were waiting and picking them off or what, but uh, it was all about the bait fish. Um, what are you seeing as far as, as the size of these mullet? Well, these are what I call row mullet. These are these are big. These these things will get up right. five, six pounds. They have eggs. They're spawning. They're happy. They're in that that mode where they're all schooling together, and uh, you know they're they're pretty excited. Um, you'll see the mullet in two different two different activities. One when they're kind of rolling around, they they seem happy. They're a little too happy sometimes. And you may you may want to make some cast in there, but there's probably not any. You see them a little nervous. A little nervous. Yeah. A little shaky on top of the water, what we call nervous water. And you start casting it around there, I think you're going to see a little different result. And, and redfish tend to blow them completely yeah. out of the water. <laughs> Literally. So you'll you'll know when you see the redfish swirls out, obviously. Well, I tell you, I uh I I grew up fishing Lafitte and uh 
the Myrtle Grove area. When we moved over here, we went our first trip out to the to the lake. I was able to witness that mullet flying across the water. I thought it was a UFO. What is that? <laughs> hey, run I, you run for your it. life, You can man. hear that school come through. Oh, yeah. And, I, hey, I guess the best place to be when a, a big jack or a big red's chasing you is in the air, huh? That's it. <laughs> I call that rolling thunder because that's what it sounds like when they're smashing that shoreline. Just... <laughs> yeah. Well, we're at Gus's Tackling Nets, Andy, and look, Gus has all the stuff for trolling. Now, I know you do some trolling. Talk about your trolling setup, what, what you, you rig your poles with, and what the best options for trolling are. This Well, you know, on your site, I think from two, it's hard to believe it's been two years now when we went out and did that trip uh, with Juan on Stewart the and on the yeah. trestles. And, uh, we like to use, we get our, our lead line here from Gus's and uh, some of our shorter rods. So we use a setup with... Uh, mirror lures out at the side, rattle traps out the back. We put trailers on them. Um, the video on the North Shore Fishing Report kind of lays the whole thing out for it. If they get a chance if, um, today to take a look at it, good day to watch some YouTube videos. Yeah. And, uh, man, we, we had a banner day. A lot of fun, but yeah, that's kind of the setup right there. And talk a little bit about colored lures that you're dragging. Boy, does that seem to matter. You know, you put some different color lures on yep. each rod and you pay attention to which one's going you down. Know, you know, sometimes it's that, you know, chartreuse. Sometimes it's the blue and silver. I've had guys, that, you know, black and gold in honor of the saints. They'll say, <laughs> you know, they got it going on, but you are, you are correct. It is uh, sometimes you got to play with it. Uh, figure out what that that color is, but uh, it does make a difference. Absolutely, Andy. Any uh, any reports? Talk a little bit about redfish because redfish is man. I tell you what, it's always solid now. It's something we can depend on. It's something we depended on over the over the summer. With kept us alive this summer. Yes, for sure. it, it kept kept us. Uh, you know, there's no no trout out there, but the redfish kept us alive. I caught more redfish on that trip with Mr. Green than I've ever caught. Uh, not even targeting redfish, just fish right. and speckled trout. Those redfish were a in lot, there. A lot too. of them in that mullet. Mm -hmm. They they absolutely were, and that was what we experienced. You know, I think we were out about a week or two before you guys went. We had the same thing. Actually, the redfish dominated that trip, mm -hmm. and we pulled a few trout in between it, but the redfish were definitely the aggressive ones. Uh, a little harder to get the uh, get the trout, but yeah, the redfish bite. Um, working the shorelines, working the points, finding your points, finding your deep water, any kind of good water movement with any bait coming through, and you you're almost guaranteed uh, some nice redfish. Andy, with the cool fronts coming through, the wind changing. I mean, man, this morning you could see the wind. You don't know where the yeah. wind's coming out. I mean, we got a yeah. tropical storm. We got a cold front but the the weather should get more patternable as far as we just so. cold yeah <laughs> cold fronts coming through what's the best winds to fish lake pontchartrain what's what's your thought process as far as you winds know it go? depends on what i'm doing but when i'm fishing the north shore and i'm really like hitting the trussels or hitting the causeway i don't mind a north wind is fine at having it at my back and keeping it kind of laid down on the north side right of course that builds the further south you get uh, and it's vice versa, you know. So sometimes a head-on south wind isn't bad if it's not ripping. So your wind speeds have a lot to do with it. Of course, I love winds out of the east pushing that salty water in. Uh, it makes a, you know, I always find if we have moving water on those bridges at all, it always makes a better bite. Uh, just you, you, you can't beat it. So, 
Yeah, that's my. That's kind of what I look at. I really don't like west winds over here. Uh, it's kind of to me that's that's the toughest winds to fish. A good solid west wind makes it hard. It's usually pushing the water out. It's not, you know, unfishable a lot of times. Again, wind speed has a lot to do with it, but that's my least favorite out of all the directions. Good to know, Andy. Those World Series trout, you know. We developed a name for them here on the North Shore, catching them off the trestles in the, in the past decade. What's your definition of a World Series trout measurement-wise? Well, I think I think you're you're right on the mark. 18 or bigger, you start getting up into that you know 20-inch range, and then you you know. And our bridge trout are so fat, and they're just you know the difference when you see that trout. It's there's just no describing it. You have to see it, but when you see that chunk come over, you're like, that's a bridge trout. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they break 18 inches, I, I'm, I'm thinking consistently that's a nice World Series trout. When the cameras start coming out, snapping pictures, yeah. huh, and you start seeing poses, that's, that's the World when Series trout. When you see trout. a nice girth on them, and they you know, definitely got that bridge trout look to them. Nothing like jigging that, that, those trestles and feeling that thump setting oh. the hook, and the, and the reel almost falls out of your hand <laughs> because you're not, you're not you're ready for, you know, yeah, hooking onto a stump that it feels like, you know? It's hard It's hard to leave those two bites, that trolling bite and that jigging bite. It's yeah. hard to give it up. It's hard to come in off the water when you're on that. Yeah, and that's something that perplexes me as far as dragging, you know, trolling and jigging. It's like sometimes it's better jigging, sometimes it's better trolling. I just think it's just hit or miss as far as what they want, what, they what, want what, what water level they're at, too. You know, there's so many variables. Sometimes you need to troll tight to the bridge. Sometimes you need to be off the bridge and distance a lot. Sometimes jigging close works, and sometimes you need to jig outside. It's just you really have to be patient and experiment and find out where the bite is and what they want. And that makes the, the whole difference uh, if you just put a little time in and change what you're doing, if what you're doing is not working, you're fishing tight, slide up off, off the bridge, go 15, 20 yards out, and see if that doesn't make a little bit of difference casting back. And uh, you'll be surprised. And, you know, fishing that trestles, everybody keys in on those trestles, on the pilings, jigging the pilings. Every once in a while, turn around, fish the opposite way. You'll sure. be surprised at what you pick up. You know? Absolutely. You know, as humans, we're just focusing in on the structure. We Absolutely. want to fish that structure. Turn around and fish the opposite way. I've seen I've seen gulls diving on the opposite side. You know, schools of redfish, trout on the opposite side. And we ended up getting off that bridge, getting off the pressure of all those boats lined up there and finding fish out more towards the center of Lake Pontchartrain. We had a real good example of that. That sometimes, you know, thinking out of the box, we had guys on a point. They were across, fishing the opposite way into the wind and they were throwing popping corks. Now their water was a little bit cleaner on that side for some reason. We got on the the backside, the lee, and we're fishing, and we were catching fish, and our water was a little dirtier, believe it or not, but the way we were set up, it was the presentation. They couldn't control those corks and everything going into that wind. They didn't have that nice steady pop, where we had that wind at our backs and able to control those lines, and I'm telling you, that little bit of a subtle difference, and we're catching fish, and it's, it's just a game changer. It comes yep. down to that just that little bit of knowledge. Fun, fun, fun. Well, Andy, where yep. can some folks get some information about booking a trip? Go to the North Shore Fishing Report. Got our banner on there. You click on that, take you right to our website. Um, it's the best site for everything you need to know fishing on the North Shore and fishing in general around here. It's just a great knowledge, great tools. Uh, to help you improve your game and uh, just super people on the blogs and, and giving reports. It's a lot of fun.
It keeps me busy, Andy. It does, and it's a great <laughs> site. We appreciate all your work, Keith. We sure do. Well, I appreciate you being a part of it. And, uh, great talking with you, and, and good to see this clean water, the, the cooler temperatures from that brutal summer. So enjoy it out there, Andy. Absolutely, Keith. I appreciate it, man. You have a great day today. All right. Andy Jones right there with Wicked Charters. Uh, things returning back to normal. Good stuff right there. Thanks so much to Captain Andy. Join us this morning. Those trout are moving west. It's nice to see the reports coming in. All right, up next is going to be Jason Pittman. we talking some bass fishing. Hang tight through the break, and we'll pick back up with Jason. It's the North Shore Fishing Report at Gus's Tackling Nets. Come on by and see us this morning. And welcome back to the show, the North Shore Fishing Report. We're at Gus's Tackling Nets, and Jason, this is the place to be. Uh, man, what a crowd. I wonder if wonder if Gus has got limited supplies here, because I tell you what, people are rolling in, it, it might disappear. Uh, any any good deals, Jason, that get your attention here? You know, people are just now starting to kind of uh, set up some, uh, some booths and displays and stuff, but I'm more concerned about the breakfast plates I've been seeing. Yeah. I'm a... Uh, I was fortunate to get out of the Covington area with all that weather that came through that y'all dealt with here. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a good time. Uh, happy for Mr. Gus inviting us back and, and being able to pull this off again. Talking about coming in, what, what does Highway 59 look like? Uh, it was still blocked this morning. Uh, I actually made, I made probably uh, four, four different trips. Uh, tried to go out 36 towards Hickory or towards uh, the back way to get to Lacombe to get to the interstate. That was blocked. Uh, Dog Pound Road or Harrison Avenue was blocked. Uh, just talked to uh, the crappie killer, Mr. Ray, and uh, he said Highway 21 was blocked. So um, luckily I had a uh, GPNS and was able to move move through the uh, move through some neighborhoods and woke some people up, I'm sure, with my headlights. But I got here. <laughs> Priorities, Jason. Oh, Priorities definitely. Absolutely. Talking Absolutely. fish on the radio at Gus's. Jason, let's get to uh, Florida Paris Bass Anglers. Um, how long you guys been running this? Because you're getting some years behind you now. We, huh? we are, not just my age, but, uh, you know, also the years. The club uh, pretty much formed 2014, 2015. Patrick Ingeron uh, with uh, oh, Angeron. I apologize. I just know him as Patrick. Uh, used to reading that last yeah, name. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, Patrick did a great job. Him and uh, uh, Derek Neal and few other people got it got it off the ground and started rolling me and Trenton kind of came on board the year the year after they kind of got it rolling and you know we're we're probably I'd say one of the the largest clubs in the states uh, nearly 60 members strong you know we'll have a, a team tournament where we've been averaging anywhere from 18 to 25 boats or 22 to 24 boats depending on conditions and stuff like that but you know for a minimal membership fee that all that money goes back nobody's making any money on it but it all goes back to the anglers at the end of the year either in the classic or payouts throughout the year but you know it's been it's been a ball watching it grow and and watching you know it, it develops some great anglers because <clears throat> excuse me they they fish all over it's not just a you know similar to to chris's tournaments with the bass assassins it's just on a little bit bigger scale and a little bit longer longer tournament day but you know it's everybody seems to be enjoying it talk a little bit about the format how long do y'all fish and is it is it strictly a north shore um well the the deal is uh it's a i believe a 25 dollar membership per person you can fish as a team uh the team format you know really makes it easy 
you know, you're not going out there trying to catch your five. You can hope to maybe catch three and your partner catch two. Uh, I've been fortunate with Trenton for the past few years. So I can go out and catch a couple and he can catch the rest of them. So that's, uh, that's been the best part about it. Uh, fishing safe light till 3 p.m. Uh, we, we did have this year, we had a little issue with, I believe it was the July tournament. We had a, uh, storm system pushed some water in. We were scheduled to fish Bayou Lacombe in July. We always fish the second Sunday of the month, starting in February, with the exception of May, due to uh, Mother's Day. We don't want to we don't want to step on any mother's toes or move. anything. Yeah, so we fish the day before Mother's Day, but that's the only Saturday we fish. Uh, this year we did have a, that issue in. Uh, July moved it over and instead of just canceling it all together since the club had decided to go to Morgan City for a one-day tournament we moved it to make it a two-day tournament so it was basically two separate day tournaments but since everybody was down there they fished it and Within the next few days, it should be uh, up on the website uh, <laughs> that, that's sitting on my uh, desktop to email to you. Wait, <laughs> yeah, I understand. I'm it's not you. Sleep yeah, over it, you sending me yeah. the results. So, of that so you can know that uh, John Dale and and uh, Dale, John Dale, John Dale and Dale Robertson, Robertson. Uh, continue their stranglehold on all of us. Uh, I believe they went down to Morgan City and won that one too. So, uh, what was the winning bag for that? I believe they had almost twelve pounds, okay. which considering conditions and everything else you know that's that's outstanding you know the fish are still kind of in a funk they don't know if it's fixing to get cold or hot again yeah yeah Uh, yeah, about about like the ducks down here they want to move down but they're not real sure so i I did see some promising uh some duck reports coming out of north louisiana lately so i'm excited jason um bass fishing let's focus on the north shore what are you seeing out there because these these rivers you know they were in great shape. I don't know what's going to, you know, I say they're in great shape, but we got some rain coming down. But for the most part, I think we're going to be okay. We've seen a very, very dry September and October. Um, a lot of clean water out there, a lot of low rivers. So um, what, are, what are we looking for, let's say, this next week coming up? So, you know, this, everybody can complain about the, the weather that's here right now that we're dealing with. But in, in actuality, it's, it's going to flush the system. You know, we didn't have some rain there a few a few weeks back, and I started to see some algae blooms and some backwaters and some uh, some growth and just stagnant water because we hadn't had any flow on. Because the North Shore, it's a it's a natural drain. That's that's all there is. If if we're not getting rain to cycle water through, it's going to get stagnant. But you know, coming up, everything's going to just progressively get better and better. You know, yeah, the the rivers are going to rise a little bit. You might have a little coastal flooding. Uh, pushing against the rainwater that we did get but you know big picture this is going to be great yeah. uh, from a bass standpoint now i'm not sure when it gets out to the lake right. it may it may kick the lake back just a little bit but uh just like everything else has this year but you know for the most part i think the next couple of weeks you know people can start looking at that river gauge that pearl river gauge at pearl river once it gets around you know anywhere nine six foot to nine foot is kind of ideal six being a little bit uh, too low, but you know that nine foot, eight to nine foot range at the Pearl River, the Pearl River gauge at Pearl River is the main one that we look at, and uh, I think as long as it cleans up and we don't get torrential rains constantly, it's going to be great. Jason, that West Pearl, 
I talked to Mr. Green, and he was fishing uh, bass on the West Pearl. He don't need to be over there. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks ago, he says, never seen it this this beautiful, below yes. six feet. Um, but, my, how that river changes. Oh, you know, yes, I, yes. I, I, we interviewed um, Sam Jenkins because he won the tournament, and we're, uh, I'm, I'm t- telling him, man, the West Pearl's in great co-. He's like, no, no it's not. No, 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 no. It, it will, it will, uh, it'll be your best friend one day and, and your, your nemesis the next in a heartbeat. It's, uh, it's hard to even describe, and that's why those, you know, the gauges and, and the people that fish it a lot uh, really can can adjust with the conditions. Uh, a couple of weeks ago for that Liars and Lunkers, uh, me and my dad showed up to fish it, and we were like, oh, that. It was Jimmy Doris that, that won. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I believe he won the, the Bass Assassins. Yeah, one. the Bass yes. Assassins. That's who uh, we interviewed. So we, that we, wound, we wound up uh, showing up for Liars and Lunkers, and uh, Trent and his little buddy Chase, uh, they winded up taking the little river boat, and I'm thinking, ah, the river, I just, I didn't feel good about the river, and, uh, yeah, he took our money, and uh, Trenton, I think Trenton won the whole thing, him and Chase, his partner Chase, won the whole thing out of the, out of the 14-foot aluminum river boat, and uh, me and my dad took the big fiberglass boat and ran down to the marsh and pretty much he stepped on our throats pretty good so we uh, it was good at least we kept some of the money in the family i guess took our money huh oh definitely the, 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 put it bluntly jason what kind of color lures does color matter with these cool fronts coming through you know um it's i don't necessarily know if it's with the cold fronts more or less the the water colors water uh, if it's going to muddy up obviously you know some of the best colors around here are june bug red shad tequila sunrise you know, solids things, solid solids color. definitely yeah. definitely you know there and there's some people when that when that river clears up a little bit they'll throw some watermelon reds and things like that but um to me there's only there's only about three different spectrums of colors to throw i mean we all get sucked into buying the different colors for you know something shiny or something like that but i mean you've got your darks your lights and your whites and i mean that's you can do anything with any of those uh depending on you know from a a green pumpkin to a, a black neon which is black with red flake to a june bug to you know really black and blue and those are you know there's probably five colors that i could um Probably sell everything and keep those and make money <laughs> just by uh, selling everything else. That what I about have. white, white, solid white floors? It's uh, it's got its moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you don't see very many like white crawfish. The forage down here, you know, is pretty much a, a crawfish in the swamp or something like that. But solid black, as yeah. you as you get down closer into the marshy type drains and stuff like that, then then you're dealing with like shrimp colors and and shad colors and things. Especially when, uh, you know, when a storm comes in, you always hear them talk about, oh, the storm minnows. Well, the storm minnows are white and shiny. So if you've got a white spinnerbait that's got some white in it and then some blades that are shiny, you know, you're, you're basically, the cliche is to match the hatch. But, you know, for the most part, you know, the, the whites are going to go, there's always going to be a fish that's going to eat another fish. That's just their nature. So if you've got something that looks like another fish, he's probably going to get eaten. So that's the uh, that's the great part about it. Boy, from a pro, if you've got something that looks like another fish, there you go. You're going to eat it. I'm full of useless knowledge, man. We could go all day. How long we got? Is this thing on? Jason, uh, uh, your, your new sponsor, Kysik. Congratulations on that deal. Appreciate uh, it. Local company, huh? Yeah, it is. They're uh, they're actually based right there in North Park. Uh, 
I guess kind of close to Zia's and Don Seafood, all that area. Their their main office or headquarters is right there. Their warehouse is in Kenner, so um, they're they're real involved in the uh, in the local uh, fishing scene and things like that. And you know, got a big cooking trailer and stuff like that. So I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, they were just at Talladega this past week, so fixing to start doing some stuff with Talladega Motor Speedway and. Uh, it's it's really uh, congratulations. Yeah, it's uh it's a neat deal, uh, you know. Being local, they understand it. They get it. They're us. They're LSU fans. Right, right. They're you know they they understand. Uh, so I mean, if somebody sees them out there, definitely you know stop talk to them. Well, Jason, thanks so much for joining us this morning. I see I see you getting distracted with that breakfast over there. I, I you am, need to pay I attention am. to this microphone. Well, Ms. Yeah, I'm sorry, Miss Miller got in my way. I was trying to see how many how many plates were made right now, and then go. The, yeah, I release I, you. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good weekend. Also, uh, hey, you got a couple of hats. Uh, you can give them away. Kaisic hats. Kaisic yeah. hats. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So do what you need to with them, buddy. All Thank right. you, bud. Got a few Kaisic hats to give away. Thanks so much for Jason for joining us. All right, covering all the bases this morning. We've talked speckled trout, bass. Uh, talk a little succulent fishing coming up. Cajun Ray Miller is going to join us. Come on by and see us if you're in Slidell. We're at Gus's Tackling Nets this morning. It's their eighth annual outdoor sale. We're going to be here until 9 o'clock with the North Shore Fishing Report on more outdoors. All right, welcome back. It's the North Shore Fishing Report, and we're at Gus's Tackle and Nets in Slidell, just off of Old Spanish Trail. Come on by and take advantage of some great deals. Uh, we'd love to see you here. Okay, I have my next guest with us, Mr. Ray Miller of Madisonville. Ray focuses on that Jafuncta River area. And, uh, Ray, you're in charge of reducing the number of crappie on the river, so uh, let's get to that. That's right. That's yeah. my task in my life right now, since I'm retired, is to reduce the population, keep it in check. So, uh, Ray, anything of interest here that you're seeing at this, this outdoor sale? Yeah, just uh, we've just been here a few minutes, but uh, I spotted some stuff on the way in, so I've got something to look at here in just a few minutes. Got some sockelet stuff, some sockelet yeah, yeah. jigs, any, all kinds of stuff. I didn't stuff see if they have place. any uh, jigging poles inside. They, inside. That's where they usually carry them. Okay. So I'm going to be looking at those shortly. All right. Well, Ray, we have a really, really dry fall. Uh, other than this storm that just came through, yeah. you know, September and October. Uh, talk a little bit about the Chifuncta River. That river must be in excellent shape. Well, huh? prior to the eight inches of rain that right. we had last night, the river was beautiful. It's the prettiest I've seen it in a long, long, long time. You know, so, I mean, look, you could see that bait go down so far. It was absolutely beautiful. What are you thinking as far as clarity? Is there such thing as too clear on the river when you fishing? Yeah, I do believe that. You know, when it's too clear, those fish are going to, you know, bass and sockele are going to migrate to cover. So when it's clear, you go to the cover, too, because that's where they're going to be. You know, now in the fall, they're going to move out, you know, a little bit more often because they're chasing shad, trying to bulk up for the winter. But, yeah, they're going to move to cover when you got clear, clear water like that. How far south do you usually fish on the Jafon? Actually, I fish all the way down. Almost to Madisonville, uh, you know where Del Oaks is at. You know that's that's about as far as we go. Sometimes we launch it right at Highway uh, 22 and work our way up a little bit. But uh, we work from Fourth Street all the way down. Just depends on the bite. Talk a little bit about your fall this far. Is what you pretty typical bite or? 
Yeah, the the bite's been good. Uh, we've been uh, yesterday we cleaned forty. Okay. You know, from uh, Wednesday and Thursday, we caught uh, from what we caught Wednesday and Thursday, but we caught se- those right there and several bass. And uh, now, what was it a week or so ago? When we had that big harvest moon. Man, we had a tough time. We struggled. We went one day, caught five. Went the next day, caught. We had three bites and caught three fish. That was it. So that moon's shining all night. The fish are eating. Is that, that the theory yeah, there? And it just, man, there was. And it was no fish. Those fish went really deep for some reason because we just couldn't find them on the brush piles. Right. Uh, you know, we talk about bass fishing uh, with these fronts rolling around. Um, how does how do these fronts affect the sockle? I know sock, sockle are very finicky. As Extremely as, temperamental. Yeah. And, and the day of a front, I avoid the river. The day before the front, and the later you can stay in the day, you know, just before that front, the fish turn on. And then I'll usually wait two days after the front. Two days, okay. Two days, because usually the day after a front, you know, you've heard everybody say a bluebird day. The skies are clear and the wind's still blowing and those fish just, they're not fired up. You might catch a few, but they're just not in a hurry. Now, you wait a day or two, uh, two or three days after, that's when the, the, the bite's much better. Yeah, and that's, I think, for two reasons. I think that their swim bladders are affected by that, and they're also full from, yeah. you know, being programmed to eat before front. Yeah, let's chow down, and then they, they slow up. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly correct. What Are you using shiners or jigs right now? I'm using both, but mostly shiners. You know, in the fall and the winter, the th- I always tell people the three best baits are shiners, shiners, and shiners. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, but no. Small, I, medium, and large. See, I fish a lot with Neil, so typically when we get to a spot, early, especially early in the morning, we'll hit the first couple of spots. I'm using a jig, and, and Neil's using a shiner, and we see which one's going to be, uh, which bite's going to be more aggressive. You know, but lately, it's, you know, by the by the middle of the day, we're all on shiners. All on shiners. Yeah, yeah. When using jigs, what, what colors work? Well, the other day I was catching them on uh, the, uh, we caught some on, I call it puke. It's puke, orange, 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 white, and chartreuse, and uh, black and chartreuse. And uh, also uh, we, we tried uh, some monkey, they call it monkey shine. It's a monkey milk with a chartreuse tail. It's a new oh, wow. one that, that just new? came out. Yeah, yeah, it's new. It's called Monkey Shine. So I caught them on those three jigs the other day. I not, In the mornings, I'll usually catch two, three, four. In fact, Tuesday morning, I was catching so many on jigs, Neil was looking at me and said, do I need to put a jig on? You know, <laughs> but that didn't last too long. So. Any other areas you fish besides the Chifunka River? Yeah, we went uh, the other day to um, the Tickfall. That water's really been high in the Tickfall, so... I uh, went with uh, Jeremy Glasscock, one uh, an NFR okay. member, and uh, we went up the up the river a ways, and we hit a bunch of spots. But we really uh, that was during that big moon, and we didn't catch any. But we looked looked at a whole bunch of spots. There's some beautiful laydowns in that river when you go, not in the main part, but if you go north, you know, like Blood River and all that stuff where the big boats can't run. There's a lot of structure in the water, so we saw some beautiful spots. That was the day we got three bites and caught three fish. Yeah, tough day fishing, especially if you're fishing with him. He knows that river pretty well. He does. He does. So that's why I wanted to go to learn a few other spots. Right. You know, you say Sokolay is very temperamental. I've learned it when, you know, out fishing with John Gilliatt. Um, You know, sometimes it's a hard thump. Sometimes they barely mouth it. Why? 
what's the difference in the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could explain that. Because some, and you know, and but you know what I mean. Sometimes it's like, man, you know, that's part of the thrill of the hunt. Yeah. Because uh, you get out there and you don't know if it's going to be a hard bite or a soft bite. So I paint the tips of my rods white. Okay. The first foot of them is always white. And when I have that, that 10-foot pole in my hand, I always have a piece of that line on my finger. It's always resting on my finger. Because sometimes that bite is so subtle, if you're not touching your line or watching your pole, you're not going to see it. You know, last week, Neil couldn't buy a bite. He, he ended up catching a few fish, but he just couldn't feel the bite because it was so soft. But, yeah, some days they try to pull it out your hand. Oh, I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. You know, but, Can't beat uh, that, though. Yeah, that yeah I love that thump. Yeah. What's the most important thing, somebody just starting up? Because Sokole can be very intimidating, um, you know, as far as, as the spots are concerned, the laydowns, fine, putting all that in your in your notebook you know yeah getting started what, what would be the most because you've helped a few guys from the site get started and i've seen some reports from these guys that yeah. they're going out by themselves catching chocolate right. that's a big well, deal well neil and then uh adam uh, roussel mm-hmm. uh, that young guy um <laughs> he, he let me tell you a quick story mm-hmm. about that he decided he wanted he i met him at route 22 he says hey you cajun ray i said yeah so we hooked up by two weeks later neil wasn't feeling good so i called him and said you want to go he said oh yeah so about 30 minutes later i, I sent him a text he said do you have a jig pole he said no do i need one i said never mind i'll bring you one well he shows up at the boat launch with two five and a half foot poles with each one of them had a jig with a carp three foot up the line that's how he thought we yeah. were going to jig fish so I said, no, just put those in the rod rack, and I put a 10-foot pole in his hand. So the first spot we went to, he dropped that jig in there. He says, why do I need a jig pole? I said, I'll let you answer that after a while. So the first drop, he had a thump. I thought it was going to come out of his hand. So he pulled it up, and he had a big old gas bagoo, about a two-and-a-half-pound gas bagoo. All right? His second drop, he caught a 12-inch socolate. Boom. And he gave me that look. He just turned his head real slow and he looked at me and says, Nah, I understand. Mm-hmm. On his way home from that trip and fishing trip, he went to Academy and bought a pole, bought Man. a 10 foot pole. Now, when I see him on the river, he knows that we're going to fish brush piles and he started fishing brush piles. And uh, he went his first trip by himself. He caught 28 wow. by himself. That's impressive. You know, and he lives on the river. He lives, he's been living there for six and a half years, but never caught Sokolay. Impressive. Impressive. So, but yeah. That's good but, to uh, see somebody going out yeah, for the first you need, time. You know, you, you don't have to have a jig pole, you, but it's easier if you have a jig pole. You buy yourself a pack of 16 ounce jig heads and a pack of black and chartreuse jigs and you're in business. It doesn't cost you a whole lot of money to do that. Look for some laydowns in the river some trees sticking up somewhere just go fish them all right right patience is what you need thanks so much for joining us i hear the music we're about to get on out of here end up this first hour of uh north shore fishing reports we're at gus's tackling nets and the parking lot is filling up over here get over here before the all the items are gone we've got people waiting in line buying stuff all the sales reps are here and we got an, another hour of North Shore Fishing Report. Chris Basie, Wayne Bordelon, James Hall, and Lauren Baker is going to join me. So stick around, and we'll pick back up at the top of the hour for more North Shore Fishing Report on more outdoors. 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.